Praise God. I will trust in you alone. We're going to lift up thanks and praise this morning. We're here together to lift our hearts as one. We're in our Father's presence. His Spirit is with us. And it's good to lift the name of the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. For his heart is overflowing with love for us. And his mercy we can never contain. Keep reminding us that we gather an assembly of believers. And that is impossible to please God without faith. So let's just take that mustard seed of faith this morning and come before him with thanksgiving in our heart. Doesn't matter what we see, doesn't matter what we feel. You know, sometimes Christians are treated very differently in this world. And often it's something that we ponder and we meditate upon because we have faith. But we know through the scriptures, you know, Abel was murdered and Enoch was taken up to heaven alive. They were both believers. There was different situations for people in the, in the scriptures. And one day we're going to have all the answers. Maybe we don't know them quite now. And we're going through storms and different challenges. But all things will work out for good because he loves us. He really does love us. Never doubt the love of God. Never see your situation and your circumstance and let it torment you in terms of how God sees you, because God wants the best for each and every one of us, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. And it's good to lift the name of the Lord our God, and it is right to give him thanks and praise, for his heart is overflowing with love for us, and his mercy we can never contain. We're not home yet. When we're home, when it's all been said and done, there's gonna be great rejoicing. Now we're still militant, we're still in a battle, we are soldiers, we're enlisted in his army, and it is right because praise is our battle cry. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength and is your strength. God bless you, church. God bless you. Please turn to each other, just give each other a wave. Acknowledge each other in the house. Good to be back. Amen. As people make their way to the children, go to their classes. God bless. Good to be here. Are you, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. Amen. It's been good that we are here. Praise God. We are really privileged because it's different parts of the world, they don't have the opportunity to gather that like we do, and we shouldn't take it for granted. As you know, last week it was quite an eventful week, as every day is an eventful day for me. I don't know that it hasn't been eventful for me since I came to the Lord. He's kept me busy. I work in overtime without getting overtime pay. <laughs> so we thank God for what he's doing in our lives. And last week, as you know, Friday began... Well, the week starts prior to that, but Friday we were in York with our beloved Ezra, Ezra Taylor. I don't know if you saw watching live BT or watched the reruns because uh, we had our session here on Friday night, but uh, he won. He was victorious, eight rounds, uh, uh, six and oh now, so praise God. So um, we thank God for what he's doing as a, as a witness, as a light, because we're called to 
shine the gospel in any situation, any scenario in our lives. Whatever you do, Christ-centeredness is that we reflect that light of truth. Wherever we are, there's not a no place out of reach of God. God's presence is everywhere. The psalmist says, even if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. God is reaches everywhere. And if we're not going to go, who's going to go to different places to meet people at, at the place of their needs? And we, we, we put God in a box sometimes. And we define what God can do and cannot do. But God transcends our limitation because God's God all on his own. He doesn't need myself to tell him how to move and how to operate and how to function. And we must never make preconsumptions and make assumptions or, or think that this is, this is what God was not. We trust God and we, we have that relation. He guides us through every situation, navigates us through every situation. And also, no sooner did we finish the event on Friday night at York Hall, uh, by early hours of the morning, we flew over to Albania. I flew to Albania with a number of our brethren in the house of God, and we had the wonderful wedding of, of um, Lido and Gina. So praise God. God is a God of action. So where are they? Where's the new husband and wife? Where are they? They're there. Yes, there you go. Praise God. Dancing through the night. It was amazing. It was an amazing time. A real, a real blessing. I thank everyone who travelled over there. Kate was there with Naz. We had uh, Zoe. We had um, Tanya. We had Donna. They were uh, led the worship and so forth. And we had James as well was with us. We were coming together, and we had the real. It was a real testament what God is doing in the midst of that community, in the midst of that country, Albania. Praise God. And the gospel was truly preached through this ceremony, and people heard the gospel and the words of God perhaps that they never heard before and seeds were sown Amen. and we're called to sow seeds anywhere we go we sow a seed and we make the place a better place we help change the environment change people's outlook in life especially as i see in the past was sharing today there's nobody knows has got no there's no direction there's no moral compass anymore there's no filter to look to look at what god wants for the world everyone's changing wants to change everything in fact, we do need to change. We need to change and restore, be back where God wants us to be and not make God in our image and our likeness. Praise God. So praise the Lord. So it's wonderful. So God bless you. It's good to be back. And today's message, the theme for today's message is pits, caves, and tombs. Some people have just perhaps come out of a pit, a tomb, or a cave. Others are in a pit, cave, or tomb. And others are going towards a pit, cave, and tomb. Others have come out and they're going into another pit, cave, and tomb. Some people find themselves in that place because other people push them there. Others run into pits, caves, and tombs themselves. Others... God creates the pits, caves, and tombs for them in order for them to learn life's lessons and about eternity, about what the purpose of life is truly all about. And I want to look at, explore some passages in the scripture to draw the lesson we can learn from our experiences, whether we're in the pit, tomb, or cave. It doesn't matter what lesson can we draw from that situation and become better for it, become empowered. Some people try to bury us 
and cover us. And one thing that all these places have in common, the pit, cave and tomb, is that they are dark places. Something, sometimes people run to these places in order to run away from things, from challenges. Amen. And so we're going to explore what these mean for us today and see what God is saying to us and how God can lead us and what he wants us to learn and get out of coming through the experience of the pit, cave, and tomb. So what did lay a foundational verse? Psalm 40 verse 1. David wrote this psalm and said this. Be prayerful, be open, because the, it's engagement, it's uh, participation in the Word of God. Just because I'm sharing something, it's not one direction. It's two direction. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. It's a harmony, not a monotone. So we need to, it's a two-way street, not a one-way street. It's not just you're part of the message and you receive this and you apply it into your lives and you, and you live according to the Word of God. And it's empowering. You know, we're living at really great prophetic times as, as the moment, even as I speak. Because if someone made some predictions and declarations to you, a friend or someone around that you may know or, or, or an institution, whatever the case is, and, and everything that was declared and predicted was happening according to the directions, the detail that was given to you, you think that that source knew something more than met the eye. So... If, if I gave you one prediction of what will happen next week, it happens. You may think it's a coincidence, but if I told, if I gave a hundred predictions and each one was being fulfilled according to the letter, according to how it was declared and spoken, you think there's more to, than meets the eye. There's a power beyond what you're confronted with. And the Word of God declares many, made many predictions. That's what's unique about the Bible, the Word of God. It makes many predictions. It has made many predictions. It still has predictions still being fulfilled as we speak now. And each one of them was fulfilled in minute detail. And just to give you just a few, just before we come into the message today. When we read the book of Revelation, people just discard it, put it aside as a historical book. Some even see it as mythology, perhaps. But John made some declarations, proclaimed a few things, and said that at the latter time, the Euphrates will be a very significant river and was one of the, the greatest and biggest rivers of its time. That the, the armies from the east will cross over, march over the Euphrates. The implication it will be dry and come towards Jerusalem for the great battle of Armageddon. And today as I speak to you, the Euphrates is dried. Now you may say to us, well that's a coincidence. But John wrote about this, declared this over 2,000 years ago. He had no idea why would he make that kind of prediction. There's no, there's no purpose for that. Why would he mention the Euphrates? He says, saw in the spirit, the armies from the east coming across toward Jerusalem for the great battle of Armageddon. And so you think, well, that's a coincidental thing. But then he says something else that was beyond his ability to understand and record. He said that there will come a time when you won't be able to buy or sell unless you have a number. I was at an event yesterday. I was judging an event in Alexandria Palace of all places. That's why I was consecrated as bishop. And um, I went to get a coffee and I wanted to pay. And they said, we don't take cash. You need a number. 
I go in the city, the West End. I go to pay. We don't take cash. I look on the logo of the Bank of England. We see before there was money coins around the, the rural Britannia. Now it's the coins of digital currency. Wake up, Israel. I think to myself, well, John, how do you know these things? And I know why, how he knows these things. Because he knows the one who knows all things. And that's God himself. And I've just identified two, two proclamations that we're seeing unfold before our very eyes. And we don't take chance with our faith. We don't throw a dice and think, just work it out. We reflect, we build that relationship with God. And that's what's important. I can tell you a lot more, many more prophecies that John uh, declared that we're seeing be fulfilled before our very eyes at this particular moment as I speak to you. Praise God. It's powerful. So let me come to my message today. Just That's why I say it's important to listen to the word of God. It's, it's the source of life. It's the map of life. And helps you navigate through all challenges in life. Helps you nav navigate through these and takes you to a place, the best place for you. Perhaps not the place we always want to be, but the place we need to be for eternal well-being, praise God. Because you were created for eternity. You're not going to die. You sleep, you're going to wake somewhere else. Like a child is born after nine months in this dimension, you're born into eternity somewhere else. But you never stop existing. Because God made you in his image and his likeness. And God is from eternity. Has no beginning of days and has no end of days. Praise God. Let me just come to my word. Psalm 40 verse 1. A psalm of David. David's life is so powerful. So many lessons we can draw from David's life. He was not the finished article. He had many challenges in life. But for each one of them, God helped him overcome everyone. Why? Because his source, his strength was in God. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And I will encourage you to put God central in your life. Because every system around you will fail you and is failing us. But God will sustain you. He's, proved, he's been proven through, the, through time. Praise God. I waited, David said, patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. I don't know what, perhaps where you are today. You may be, have been waiting. But let me tell you, God is hearing your prayers. God is hearing our prayers. Watch your people watching live stream. God is hearing your prayers, knows your prayers, and knows at the right time to execute his intervention into your situation. Lazarus was in the tomb. When Jesus was called, he had been dead for a time. But Jesus delayed it to four days before he came to the tomb of Lazarus. Praise God. Perhaps people thought he was too late, but God is never late. God will always be in time. Hallelujah. And then verse 2, David says this. So we see Lazarus in his tomb. We see what he says. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Perhaps you're in a horrible place today or you've experienced horrible things in your life that had an impression on you, have had an impact on you. It's time to shake off the old and in with the new. Try a time to breathe out the old and breathe in the new. God is doing new things. He's out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and establish my step. God today wants to establish us. Wants to establish you. Irrespective, in spite of where you've come from, where you have been, God today wants to establish you. Hallelujah. Put you on the rock 
of our salvation, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock of our salvation, praise God, which is so, so powerful. Do you know, Job tells us in his, in his um, struggle, in his ailments, in his challenges, he says he's going to wait until his change comes. We want everything yesterday, we're so fast, we're, 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 we're short-sighted, and we want everything here and now, but sometimes it's God takes us through a process. We want the end, but we don't want to go through the means. Yeah? If you put a seed in the earth, in the ground, under the crust of the earth, nothing surface is visibly happening. Who sits and watches grass grow? Who sits and watches grass grow? I was with Jim McDonnell on Friday, who was one of the top coaches in this country, who, who coached James DeGale to World Championship, Herbie Hyde, and Danny Williams beat Tyson, Tyson, Mike Tyson. I was with him on Friday. And he said to me, when the boxers come in, they can't take my type of training, coaching. I said, why is that? He said, because when they first come in, when James DeGale the first came, I said to him, sit down there, and you see that sign? I mean, to sit there, your train is 36 minutes. You sit and watch that sign, and don't take your focus off that sign. Just focus, look on that sign. Well, where's my training? That's your training. Where's the pad work? Where's the running up the hills? Where's all these things? Where's the hype? Sit, be still. Because if you cannot concentrate, life is 80% here, and then action. It's a mind thing. You win or lose life within your mind. It's all here. The battle is won and lost in your prayer closet before you go out into the open field. Welcome to Bishop Vanessa. Welcome, your, your grace. Praise God. And um, that's where it's at. It's in the mind. Focus, concentration, because life will have many distractions. And those distractions may, may sideswipe you, may trip you up. And if you're not focused, if you don't have inner strength, mind strength, heart strength, you're going to lose out. And that's powerful. And we, if they can do that in the, in the, in the physical sporting world, how much more we need to do in the spiritual world? When was the last time we sat and reflected on the Word of God? I waited patiently. I wasn't running like a headless chicken. Listen to every voice, looking at every direction, looking for uh, 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 friends to console me or encourage me or give me. The, I waited upon the Lord. He says, "Let me go back to verse one." He says, "He says David says this." He said, "I waited patiently for the Lord." He didn't wait for his friend to come and pick him up. He didn't wait for his 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 family. He didn't wait for his employer. He waited. He said, "For the Lord Yahweh." We wait for everything apart from the Lord, without the Lord. And it's to no avail. Nothing comes out of doing things in the natural and the physical. God has the perfect answer, perfect solution in your situation. God is the answer in that situation. And if it's not what you expect, that is the answer. The answer is not what you expect sometimes for God to lead you and guide you wherever you are in your life at this particular moment. And he took him, he says, took me out of the horrible pit. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 40 verse 31, he says this. These are powerful references, verses that you need to put down, re reflect upon. Even if you look at this verse for 36 minutes. And don't take your eyes off this verse. Can you do this? Sit down and look at one verse. And, and regurgitate it. 
you know, you take it down, bring it back up, take it down, bring it back, regurgitate it till you truly understand the substance of what God said in that situation in your life. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Waiting upon the Lord. Indefinite time. David didn't say I'm waiting for five hours. He didn't say I'm waiting for ten weeks. He just said I'm waiting. And God will renew my strength. When the Lord was ascended on the 40th day and went into the heaven, heavenly realm, he said to them to tarry, to wait. The word tarry, Gath is on to sit in Jerusalem until you are empowered. For how long, Lord? Just tarry. Well, I've got to get to work on Monday. Well, sit and wait upon the Lord. Because your job, when you outlive your use, you get your retirement. <laughs> yeah? But God is always relevant in our lives. There's no time we're going to be without God. He doesn't retire us, God. He promotes us. He elevates us. Praise God. He blesses us. And so, those who wait to renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. So, it doesn't matter how you got into your pit, really. Some people run to their pits, or their caves, or their tombs. It doesn't matter how we get there, it's what we're learning when we're there. You may be in a situation in your life that's a bit challenging at this particular moment, or you may know someone who's been challenged in life at this particular moment. Just trust in God's process. Know that God has something for you there. In the same way, the seed is in the crust, under the crust of the earth. Something is happening, and we're called to be like seeds. Jesus said, unless a seed falls into the ground, it is fruitless. It cannot bear fruit. But when you fall in, you are beneath the crust of the earth and you germinate, the outer shell breaks away and something new comes out of the old. Oh, praise God. And God wants to bring something new out of your old life, out of your old ways. God wants to bring something new, something powerful, something praiseworthy. Hallelujah. Something of value to make you fruitful, to empower you and equip you for life's journey. That you'll be the evidence that. Praise God, that God is in the world. Hallelujah. Pray. People say, show me God. Well, look at your lives. Look at the mirror. You see the reflect God wants you in his image and his likeness. Praise the Lord. And there was a prophet in the Old Testament. We saw the pit David in the pit. We saw Lazarus in, 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 in the tomb. Now we see the, the prophet in the Old Testament, Elijah. Because of the fear of the evil queen Jezebel, he ran and fled for his life. In fact, he wanted to die. He had depression and he wanted to die. He said, Lord, take my life. And he ran, and God did the complete opposite. He didn't answer his prayer. So take courage. When God doesn't answer your prayer, he's got something better for you. He has a plan. He has an assignment for you. He has a mission for you. He wants to do something powerful and profound through your life, praise God. If I try to work out what God was doing through my life, I go crazy. I don't even know what I'm doing in my life, let alone try and work out what God wants to do in my life. Hallelujah. But just be available for God. And God will use you in, in amazing ways, praise God. And when he was fleeing, running uh, away from the fears he had, he ended up in his cave. In a dark place, in the cave. And we're told the Lord met him at the cave of his life. God met David in the pit of his life. God met Lazarus in the tomb of his life. And God met Elijah in the cave of his life. There's nowhere out of reach of God. God fills all things. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. Hallelujah, praise God. God meets us in every situation. 
the skill, the important things, are we listening to the voice of God? Because when God met Elijah, it was through the small, still small voice. It was in a whisper he spoke to him. Hallelujah, praise God. And this is Jesus, uh, God's question to Elijah was the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. He, he, he's a represent, he embodies the Old Testament prophets because when the Lord had, was transfigured on, on, on the Mount of Transfiguration, there was two men with him apart from the disciples. There was Moses and there was Elijah. Elijah is a representative, is the, is the spokesman for the prophets. And Moses is the, is the lawgiver, represents the law. And this is what the, this is the, this is the dialogue and narrative here. First Kings chapter 19 verse 9, it says this. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in, the, in that place. Hallelujah. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? See, people will chase you into caves, will push you into caves. Hallelujah. But God wants to take you out of the cave. He wants to take you out of the limitation. The cave can be metaphorically represent our limitations, our fears, opinion, worldly opinion, people's opinion, my opinion. But God wants to take us and change our mindsets. God has not given you a spirit of, a, a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. He wants to take you out of those, those limitations, the straitjackets that we, if other people don't put them on us, on us, we put them on ourselves. We've got to become the Houdinis in the king in the world. We've got to get out, escape those straitjackets, those shackles. We need to get out of those shackles. Hallelujah. Praise God. And move on. Because God has greater, amazing, powerful things for our lives. Praise God. When Saul was... Uh, uh, wanting to kill David, David fled and ran and hid in the cave. Oh, praise God. And we see in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1, we're told, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house, house heard it, they went down there to him. You know, sometimes caves... You may not think about this, but sometimes caves, tombs, and pits are crowded places. You encounter many people in those situations, always trying to, to make sense of life. Hallelujah, praise God. And we see many of them gather around David in that tomb situation, tomb mindset, that limitation. And what does it say in verse 2? It says this, And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was dis, dis, uh, discontented gathered to him. This place of discontentment, places of com uh, self-pity, places of complaining. And God don't, does not want us to be a complainer. Get up. And change your situation. Work, co-work with God for your situation to change. Praise God. Jonah, one of the other great prophets in the Old Testament, he found himself in the belly of the sea creature. That can be uh, 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 metaphorically uh, translated as a tomb, cave, or a pit. And how did he get there? Because God created it. He went to flee from God's will, God's purpose, God's direction, and he ended up in the wrong place. But it was the right place, because in that place he had an opportunity to reflect about his purpose, about the meaning of life. Amen. And as a result of that, he cries to God. 
to intervene in situation. And God actually brought the sea creature to take him to where he should be. And sometimes those are paths, are, are, are parentheses in life to get us to where we need to be, praise God. But it was not, it was as a result of Jonah's prayer that the outcome came about. And I just want to read this very quickly before we move on. Jonah chapter 2 verse 1, it says this. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. From the tomb, pit, and cave, Jonah prayed. David prayed in the pit. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Wherever you are, prayer is your tool that you use to find direction. Hallelujah, praise God. It's not nothing physical, it's spiritual. The power of the word. Just speak it out, praise God. Hallelujah. And things do change. Even the, the ancient classic philosophers understood about people dwelling in caves. And Plato in his writings, The Republic, in book 7, talks about the cave being trapped in the cave, so that we find ourselves in cave, and the purpose of life is to escape the cave, come out from the darkness, come into the light, because in the cave it's only shadows. And that was the, the purpose of life, to come out of the cave, praise God. And that's what Jesus comes to do, to bring us and take us out of the caves of our lives. Hallelujah. Are you ready to move out of your cave, or have you made it comfortable? Have we rearranged the furniture of our cave, our pit, and our tomb, and we want to be there? It's be comfortable there. Yeah? It's secure. We find security sometimes in our straitjackets, in, in, in our caves and our tombs. We find security. We want to stay there. We want to procrastinate there. Because it takes an effort to get out of our cave. And the man who was paralyzed for 38 years, he found complaints why he, he should be where he is. He said he has no other man to help him come out of the cave. God says, you can do it yourself. With me, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. So you, today, I can tell you, you can come out of your cave. You can come out of the pit. You can come out of the tomb. As you trust and listen to the voice of God, not listen to the world around you, because the world will keep you in that cave and in that pit and in that tomb. It, 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 it benefits the world to keep you there. Hallelujah. Praise. Because your light will disperse the lights of many others if they know that you can come out of the pit of your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we need to start reflecting and doing exactly what the prophets were doing. Prayer is the answer of the day. Wherever you find yourself, trust yourself to God. Everything and everyone can and more than not, do, do let us down. But God's word, he says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. In fact, he's in the pit with you at that same time. And he's just waiting for you to acknowledge his presence. That he's there. He's, see, there's an imminent presence of God and a manifest presence of God. Sometimes when challenging times, his he's, uh, imminent presence is there. means his presence there, but it's not perceived or seen physically but then when you pray he manifests himself in the way you least expect it to and helps you and speaks to you and have the, gives you the direction in that situation that you find yourself in your lives hallelujah but his imminent presence fills all things his manifest presence is only when we really start acknowledging and say lord i want to, i want i want your presence i want you to speak to me hallelujah praise god which is powerful hallelujah
So the term pit and cave speaks of death, speaks of hopelessness, speaks of helplessness. Hallelujah. And sometimes we feel we feel uh, uh, that we are we are challenged within our spirits. We feel dead within ourselves. We so we feel that hopelessness. Praise God. And God is here to change that situation. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want to move on just very quickly to Lazarus, the tomb experience, because many people say, "Well, I'm not dead. I'm talking. I'm. I think I'm breathing." I'm walking, I'm not dead. Death is not, defined in, death is not defined in that way according to the scripture. Death is something completely different. When the prodigal son left his father's house, went to the far country, yoked himself with the citizen of the far country, and went to the point when he, he went so low that he was um, doing something was an abomination to the Jewish uh, dietary law. He was shepherding swine he thought he was alive. He thought he was, he was living. But to exist and to have life are two different things, according to the Bible. And so we think we are, we are alive, we're living, we're functioning, but are we truly alive? Jesus expressed it in an amazing way when he was calling the disciples, the people to follow him, the, the audience to follow him. And one said, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus' response was quite interesting. He said, let the dead bury the dead. I mean, that you may be moving around. It doesn't mean you have life. You're existing, but you're not really having quality of life. I've come to give life and that in more abundance. That your outlook will be transformed. I put color in your life. I change everything about your life. I take the limitations from, away from your life. I add to your life in a way that unless you have that experience, you will never understand it, praise God. And when the prodigal son came back to his father's house and the elder son was complaining, the father responded by making this statement. He says, your brother was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. So God wants to take you out that pit, out that tomb, out that cave to give you life. And more in abundance, but it starts within the pit, the tomb, and the cave. Your life starts, your life in abundance starts in that place. Hallelujah. And it starts from now. It's not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's right here and now as I speak to you. Life starts in abundance right now. The thief at the side of the cross of Calvary, he said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says to him, Today, not tomorrow, today. You shall be with me in paradise. Not next week. Not the next hour. Now and here and now. This is the time. This is your hour, church. Hallelujah. God is moving in power. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing. Don't put it off tomorrow. What God is doing today in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he comes. Hallelujah. By the outside the mouth of the tomb where Lazarus is buried. And for time purpose reasons, I'm just giving you an overview very quickly. I'll give you the references. You can look at them when you go home. And Martha's asking questions. He says, remove the stone that covered the mouth of the tomb. She says, well, it's four days. There's a stench smelling now, decaying, decomposing. He said, just trust me. Don't go by what you've been told. Don't go by the science of the world. Don't go by the physics of the world. 
because you're going to bury yourself. We're all going to get in the tomb with Lazarus if you carry on talking like this. Woe is me. God doesn't want to create a platform for you to complain. He wants to bring you to a place where you have an impact. He says, take the stone, roll the stone away. And Jesus spoke into the cave. He called Lazarus by name. And it's good that he called him by name because if he said everyone come out, everyone would have come out of the tomb. You see, the thing is that it's amazing because uh, sometimes, you know, there's power in words. And not everyone who speaks into your life has the capacity to change your life. Yeah? We want to listen to all the voices, we want to listen to the tabloids, all the news that is all set up to convey what they want us to convey, to control us in our minds and whatever. But, you know, it's not everyone has the right to talk into your life. Some people can talk into your life and put you into the cave. Have you spoken to anyone, you leave them, you feel depressed? I hope you're not the one that you speak to people and they feel depressed. <laughs> it's who speaks into your life will make that difference. Some people speak in your life and get you out of your problems, will lift you up. Other people speak into your life and put you down. You be careful. Screen, censor what you listen to and what you don't listen, what you actually accept because sometimes words, uh, sound is intrusive. You cannot control the sound coming in, but you can block it out by disqualifying what it's trying to say to you, what the message it's given to you. Hallelujah, praise God. And so Jesus speaks to Lazarus, he says, come forth. And Lazarus comes out with the burial clothes. And we're work in progress, church. God is taking us for a process, for a change. A process of change to transform us. In which, in, what, in which way? Before coming to Christ, we have the burial clothes because we're dead already. We start from a disadvantage. We start from an unlevel playing field, really, when we're, we're in the world. Because God came into a dark world where everyone was in bondage. Those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And he comes to bring that light to disperse us, break those shackles that hold us back. And oppress us and depress us and possess us. He wants to set, break the strongholds. Who wants the strongholds broken? And if your stronghold's been broken, bring the message of hope to other people in their situation, in their life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so we need to take the lessons of the Word of God and apply them in and through our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. And Lazarus does come forth and these things change. This transformation. He raises Lazarus after four days. Can you imagine? How many days have we been in that situation, that condition? Perhaps today is your fourth day. Perhaps someone watching on live stream is going through a challenge today and this is their fourth day that the Lord speaks them, calls them by name. He says the shepherd calls his sheep by name and they know they will not follow a stranger because they know the voice of the shepherd. Do you know the voice of the shepherd? If you don't read your word, if you don't pray, if you don't praise, if you don't worship, you will not know the voice of the shepherd because there's great counterfeits in the world, praise God. When I was away last week, I had a message that they were using my profile and inviting members of the church to tune into something. You know, I don't know who you were. I don't know if you've received those messages. It was sent to me message. Counterfeit. Now, if they can counterfeit me, how much more are they going to counterfeit God? False profiles. Come on. So unless we have that, you will not know the voice of the shepherd. Praise God. That's what's very, 
very important. Hallelujah. And so, Lazarus comes out of the tomb. And that's what God calls us today. Come out of your tombs, your caves, and your pits. Hallelujah. But no sooner does Lazarus come out of the tomb, what do the people around him want to do? You may not know this, if you haven't read your Bible clearly and been observant to the detail of the Word of God. And no sooner does Lazarus come out of the tomb, he's been resurrected from the dead. But the onlookers, the people around us, the haters, the dream killers, the vision killers want to do something. They want to put Lazarus to death. People, you think people are going to celebrate your success, your victory, your liberty, your freedom, your emancipation. No, they're going to be offended because you're free and they're still in prison. I wish I'm speaking to someone today. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 9. Please follow this. Praise God. It says, follow this. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Because you become a testament, a testimony. As the senior pastor was saying earlier on, share your testimony. You were dead, now you're alive. You're blind, now you see. Hallelujah. And because they came to see Lazarus, whom the Lord raised from the dead, to see the evidence of Christ's ministry, mission in the world, to set the captives free. Watch what happens. Watch, watch, watch. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Haters. Haters. But haters are covert. They're not overt. No one's going to come say, I hate you. I want to see you fail. But in their heart, they conceal this in their hearts. But God knows the hearts of all people around. That's why you don't trust your heart to anyone but to God. Come on, I wish I'm speaking to someone today. David in the pit, hallelujah. Elijah in the cave. Lazarus in the tomb. And there's another prophet who's in the tomb by the name of Elisha in the Old Testament. Who's heard of Elisha? Who was Elisha's mentor? Elijah. Like attracts like. You want to be mighty in God? Be around the people who have stood this test of time. Don't be a YouTube, uh, social media Christian. Listen to what comes through the social media. It might sound good, but the source and the substance where it comes from sometimes is questionable. Hallelujah, praise God. So Elijah served Elijah, and he received a double anointing. You want to receive anointing? Be in the place of the anointing. You want the sun to go in the sunlight? Hallelujah, praise God. And it will change. You change. The same way the sun can change, your, warm you up, the rays of the sun have an impact in you. The same the anointing has an impact in you. Changes things, hallelujah. And I cannot explain this because it's a fruit that you, the world cannot offer you on the market stalls. It's something you have to taste. Come and taste the Lord and see how good he is. Don't just trust in the words. I can tell you about a fruit, how it tastes. I can explain its, its flavor or its scent. But unless you smell it, unless you taste it, you will never know. 
there's some exotic fruit that we in England may have never had. And people talk about them. You need to get there. You need to go to that continent and receive it. And the continent to receive the, the truth of the word of God is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we see uh, Elisha, he died. Came to time and he died. Because it's a count allotted for all people. When I say die, he falls asleep. Because we as Christians believe we sleep. And he's in the tomb. And you think it's over. The prophetic move in the life of Elisha is over. You think it's come to, finished, come to pass. And But in 2 Kings, something tells us something about even the death of Elisha brings something different about. It says in Elisha chapter 2 verse 13 says 20. Uh, it says this, Then Elisha died, and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. Verse 21. So it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders, and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. Elisha's dead, seems it's over, he's in the tomb, not speaking, not moving, not walking. They put a dead man in the tomb, the dead man touches the bones of Elisha, and the dead man resurrects. Let me say something, if you have anointing in you, you don't even have to speak. When people come around you, there'll be a stirring in their spirit. You see, when, when, um, when, when Mary went to Elizabeth and John the Baptist was in her womb, and Mary didn't say hardly anything, and John the Baptist, the baby, leaped in her womb because he felt the anointing. See, when you, when you, words, too many words of no avail sometimes, just be still and know that he's God. Sometimes not what you say, it's just being there. And all that Elisha was, was there. And they touched his bones and he, they came to life. Your presence speaks louder than words in the spiritual realm. When you have Christ in you, you he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You can bring dead spiritual dead people to life. If Christ is in you, he's working through you to bring dead people to life. Praise God. He may be dead, but he's still active and empowerment. Elisha was dead, but still he was, power, he was still a prophet. It didn't change where he was. Whether it was in the tomb or in the pinnacle of the mountain, it was still the prophet of God. It was still performing miracles in every situation and every circumstance. So it doesn't matter where you are. It's not where you are that counts or matters. It's who's with you where you are. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Dead, but yet still speaks. Dead, but still performs miracles. See, sometimes the word changes things. Sometimes your presence changes things. Sometimes people see you coming, they light in their spirit because they know something about you. There's something going on in you that you don't even understand. They want your presence. They can't leave your... That's what happened with Elijah and Elijah. Elijah couldn't... Once he connected with Elijah, he couldn't leave Elijah. There's some people you can't live with. But there's some people you can't live without. Praise God. Being dead still had the prophetic impact. There's a motto. I'm going to finish very shortly for the one thinking it's going to be a four-hour sermon, a marathon. For the, 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 there's a motto, the Cypress 
Cypriot army has a motto. One of the platoons, one of the, the, the groups of the Cypriot army has a motto, and it says this. Kenegros enikisen. And being dead was victorious. And being dead still conquered. That's the motto of, of one of the parts of the Cypriot army. And be dead. And this is taken, this is taken from, this motto finds its origins from a, a, a legend of El, who's heard of El Cid? I think Charlton Heston did, did the, the film called El Cid. He was a hero of Spain. He was a, he was a, a military leader. He died, natural causes, he died. And the armies were soon coming against him. And his, his wife said to his generals, I want you to take my husband because he was greatly feared because of his heroic heart and what he, who he conquered and what he had achieved. And his wife said to the generals, put his armor on him, being dead, and mount him on his horse and lead him, put him at the front of the army, the ranks of the army, put him at leading the army. So when the enemy see him leading the army, they'll be fearful. And the legend has it, they put him on the arm. And as he was being led forward, they thought he was alive. And they saw him leading the army. And they were so afraid that they run away. And they, they didn't fight in the battle, but they won the battle. <laughs> being dead. Gene Cross and Nikisen. Come on. The word El Cid means, says, means this. El Cid means the Lord. The word El Cid is the Lord. And I know, preceding this, back in the ancient times, there was someone called the Lord on Calvary's hill. That when he was dead on the cross and the enemy saw him, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Yet he was dead, but he had the greatest victory in his death. He still conquered. Hallelujah. And this is who we complain, who we proclaim into the valleys, into the pits, into the tombs, into the caves. The Lord is his name, praise God. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. And when people see you raise the Lord up in your life, the enemy will scatter. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let all those who hate him flee before his face. Hallelujah. But you need to come into the Lord. Let me tell you. Take the word, take the Bible seriously. I take it so seriously. Hallelujah. Don't just take it as a side, as a, as a, as a something on the side. Take it as central, as a main course. Don't look at it as a sideshow. Look at it as the main event. Hallelujah. As the movement to change your life. And God working in you and through you not only transforms you, but tr transforms the world around you. God is working on a different level. We're seeing revival taking place, and I'm telling you something. Prophecies are being fulfilled. Amazing things are happening all over the world. And if I start recounting all these, explaining them, we'll be here for the next week or year or years to, to really do justice to what God, who God is and what God doesn't want. So it's your responsibility to go back, and after hearing this message, how is it spoken to you? It's participation. Apply this message into your lives. It will make you better for it. You'll be transformed. God wants to use you powerfully to help others out of their pits. 
Hallelujah. This is your day. Let's stand together. Praise God.